Coming up on this episode of Up for Debate, what are we going to talk about? 90s board games. We're back. We promised we would do it, so we're going to do it. Board games of the 90s, the ones you remember as a child, assuming you're within the millennial age demographic like we are. Um, we're going to reminisce about the good and the bad of the 90s. Board games right now. It's Up for Debate. Let's talk. This is Up for Debate, episode number 41 Recorded January 14th, 2016. Board Games 90 Style. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the podcast that can and will talk about anything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by our uh, our, our our debate chair, our, the captain of this debate team. The, the Baja Man. <laughs> the be, uh, the the spice girl himself uh matt Ricky martin oh yes matt Marriott. yes yes that's right how are we doing matt oh uh, we're doing all right we're gonna talk about some uh some 90s things i hear we are we're gonna do a Today. 90s retrospective um specifically starting with board games then who knows what we'll talk about but before we get to that matt it's a very special episode because this is our first episode of up for debate Yes, it is. Now, we may have done 40 of these already. It was kind of strange hearing uh, the intro for the first time, where you said, this is up for a debate. Yeah, it's catchy. Say, this is the Goldilocks. I know, you're used to that. And I, I got to get used to I stumbled at the very beginning where I said, coming up on, and I wanted to say it, but um, that's that's not our name anymore. We, it's been raised to the people. rafters, its bust will be put in Canton, and we can retire. I got to get you a new mug. Um <laughs> that, that mug, you have to throw that mug away, Matt. Smash it on the ground. Throw it away. It will no it's longer gone. hold liquids. It is gone forever. Useless. <laughs> um, so we have a new name, which means a new website up for debate.tv. I'll remind everybody go there. It is sweet. Um, and uh, another really cool thing. Remember, Matt, how, how on the show I'd list, list off our Twitter handle and our Facebook account and, and all the places you can listen to this show? And we're not going to do that anymore. Up for debate.tv slash links. If you go there, it literally has the link to everything we do, all the social networks, all the places you can listen to the show. It's your one-stop shop, up for debate.tv slash links. Link up. Link up, that's right. Um, Speaking of links. Yeah. How about we start talking, we'll start our discussion or our debate about the link cable. Do you remember this phenomenon, Sean? <laughs> Is this a Game Boy cable. reference? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, the game my goodness. Board. I'm, I'm going to be so useless at this conversation because... <laughs> Did you not own a Game Boy? I owned a Game Boy late, and I barely used it. I've, You know wow. me, I've never been a video game guy, and oh, um, yeah. I really barely used it. Now, I had a Link Cable, and I used it to play Mario Kart. Late to the scene. Um, and that and was you really, played Mario Kart. That was the only thing I did with the, wow. with, the, with the trademark Link Cable. Okay. Well, well... I guess you can appreciate then that the link cable itself was this kind of this, it, it only had this one spot in history. Like it was, it's hard to explain to people now, to kids now, especially because the link cable, like you, you had to use it to connect both of your Game Boy devices. Like you had you and a friend, presumably or brother or sister or whatever had a Game Boy two Game Boys, and you linked them up via the link cable. Now, of course, there's Wi-Fi. 
so you don't even need to do that anymore. You could just stand next to each other. But like now, this time you actually had to had to look each other in the eye and uh, link up your Game Boys and trade stuff like Pokemon or whatever else you did uh, with the link cable. Now I was going to ask you. See, there's there's often a big um, a big debate. Oh. In the the Pokemon Game Boy players of uh, the '90s, uh-huh. between whether you wanted to trade or if you wanted to battle, Matt, I, and I played guess you exactly both. zero minutes. Zero minutes. I didn't own it. I never played it. I never borrowed it. I never touched the thing. I barely was in. I I know nothing about Pokemon. I was never wow. into that. I know. I lived a real. I stayed home and read books, Matt. Um, books. Yes, I was a nerd. So, um, sadly, I don't have a lot of inclusion on this. I feel I feel awful because I know I'm sure you're very, very <laughs> excited. Well, why don't you tell me which one you're not picking, and I'll I'll pretend to debate it. Okay. Because that's what we do here. Here's what I'm not going to pick. Yes. I'm not going to pick talking about the link cable anymore. Instead, <laughs> okay. we're going to talk about something else. Okay, that's that's what I like about this show. We're very uh, fly by night. We're gonna talk about uh, Pogs. Pogs! Oh wow. my God, America's favorite cardboard discs. Pogs were awesome. I like well, Pogs. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Pogs were not awesome. They I'm gonna stop awesome. you right there. There I... we go. Here's our first debate. I yeah, I don't know if Pogs are awesome. Pogs were unique. Pogs were weird. Um, and a fun fact, do you know the history of Pogs? I do not know the history of Pogs. I would be fascinated to learn, though. Oh, boy, you're going to really love this. All right. Pog, P-O-G, a tropical juice drink created in 1971 on the island of, Hawa- uh, of Maui, Hawaii, containing P-O-G, passion fruit, orange, and guava. Hmm. Okay. The caps uh, on the bottles of Pogs of Pog drink became popular during the mid to late '90s. The game may have originated in Hawaii in the '20s or '30s, um, and um, there was a guy hired by them for marketing and promotions. He ordered milk caps imprinted with the trademark Pog to give away as promotional items. It was inherited by a teacher in 1991 in Hawaii. She used the milk caps in her classroom and told the students about an old game she used to play by flipping milk caps to be the first one to get the cream off the bottom. They began flipping milk caps, and that eventually turned into pogs. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty crazy. I like that. I like that story. So pogs basically were just these cardboard, for anybody not in the know, there's these, these cardboard circles about the size of a little bit bigger than a quarter. Probably like about the size of a silver dollar. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, there was a game that went with it. But for the most part, I mean, most people I know just collected them. I had a pretty big POG collection. Um, and uh, you kept them. We had this like this like protective case that is actually a little plastic tube yep. that you put um 
You could also use it to hold coins or quarters or whatever change you might have had, like loose change. But we we stuffed pogs in there. Um, you bring them to school, you traded them, and uh, you just basically wanted the ones that looked the coolest. They had little pictures on them. Some of them were holographic. Mm-hmm. Those were the coolest ones. You were the coolest kid if you had a holographic pog set. And yeah, that was pogs. Pogs were neat. Now, do you remember how to play the game pogs? I do not remember. Would you like sadly. me to tell you how to play the game Pogs? I would definitely like to uh, remember. I don't you... remember ever playing the game. No, I don't think anyone did. We just collected them. Yeah. yeah. So go on. What, what is this What is this Pog story? So they say it varies among players, but these are kind of the general rules. Each player has his or, own, his or her own collection of Pogs and one or more Slammers. You remember Slammers? Slammers. That was the word. I, yes. I remember before the show, I was trying to think of the, the words. Uh, it's, the Slammer was the big... The heavier the big one. Pog. The big he- And it was heavy. Metal, rubber, or plastic in various like... thicknesses and weights. Yeah, and what did you do with the slammer? Okay, so uh, first you decide whether or not you're playing for keeps or not, which means whether or not the winner gets your pogs or if you're just playing for fun, right? Those were high stakes. Right. Um, each player contributes an equal number of pogs to build a stack with the pieces face down, which will be used during the game. They then take turns throwing their slammer down onto the top of the deck, causing it to spring up and the pogs to scatter. Each player keeps any pogs that land face up after they've thrown. So they start face down in a stack, you drop your slammer onto the stack and they bounce, and the ones that land face up you keep. After each throw, the pogs which have landed face down are then restacked for the next player. When no pogs remain in the stack, the player with the most pogs wins. Now, Matt, the reason you didn't play pogs is because it's terribly lame. (laughs) <laughs> this is like jacks. It sounds boring. However, there's a World Pog Championship. Ooh. Started at Knott's Berry Farm of all places. Um the and there's a World Pog Federation, which cool. I can't imagine are still in business, but um <laughs> what's amazing to me is that this ever became a thing. Like I just I don't under and of course 90s for my money was the decade of fads, really. Although I guess you could say that about the 70s or the 80s, but definitely a lot of fads. And I just don't understand how over the span of about two years, it went from being a small game in Hawaii to a national and global craze. Well, yeah, the origin story interests me. I I didn't know that it was from Hawaii, and I didn't know that it came from uh, juice cartons. And then I guess it moved on to milk cartons um, or whatever, jugs or milk jugs. Um, yeah, that, that, uh, that's a, an interesting, uh, beginning for Pogs. I, I just thought it was just the smartest marketing move ever oh, yeah. by anyone. Let's just put p- little pictures on these little cardboard circles. Oh, yeah, how much you think that costs to make? Exactly. Less than a penny a piece? Exactly. And then let's sell them for like a hundred times their value and people will buy them. And uh, they'll buy them in packs and they'll trade them. I think it reached its peak really in like the probably like the early to mid 90s for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and uh, the yeah, no, it was it was a craze for a while. And I, I thought it was I even saw I remember seeing Pogs advertised on TV. Mm-hmm. Like you go go to your local hobby shop and pick up a, a deck. I guess they're called deck of Pogs. I don't know, like a, a batch of Pogs. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, but you know it's cool. That's such a, an interesting story uh, for the origin of Pogs. Now, I mean, it's pretty obvious to see how that faded 
the game isn't terribly exciting. Um, but as a collectible thing, I mean, it, I, I remember bringing the pogs to school, trading them, and learning learning the values of of certain pogs over the other ones, the well, ones that you wanted, the ones you didn't. It was all it was all completely aesthetic, of course, because it was you just wanted the ones that looked the coolest. But uh, let me it was one of the you, first like earliest memories I have of like putting value on an object. Now I remember this was a one of those local news things that they love to do, but a lot of schools banned pogs. Yes, they did. That was quite a controversy because they didn't like the 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 trading gambling aspect of it. Yeah, my school was not one of them. Although no. they did they did end up banning Pokemon cards yeah. at one point. Uh, yeah, I we think had some a lot kids of get beat did. up over Pokemon and. Yeah, there there was always one incident. Somebody somebody like lost snap them. bracelets. Snap bracelets were that was a '90s thing. Yeah, but did your school ban them? No, our school no, banned school. them. Did not ban snap bracelets. People were smacking each other with them, which is what you're <laughs> supposed to do. But I can totally see that. I think Pog. No, I mean I think Pokemon, Pokemon cards the were the only thing. Not only did they ban Pokemon cards, but I remember distinctly that you were not allowed to even talk about Pokemon mm-hmm. ever. I was, I'm sure it was like, very as a, as a teacher. I'm sure you understand. I'm sure it was very distracting. Now I totally understand. I'm sure it was extremely distracting, and it was it caused a lot. The cause of a lot of uh, elementary school drama. Mm-hmm. So. I could totally see where they were coming from, um, but Pogs, no, I, I don't think I don't think they ever got that that big to the point where they are. My school needed to ban them. It, it was popular, but I don't think anybody really had a Pog obsession. No, and and again, I well, I can only speak for my growing up, but in a very small community in the middle of nowhere, in a very small school, we got fads late. We got fads at the tail end after everyone else had already gotten bored. So by the time they got to us, it had a very short shelf life. Put it that way. Um, I, 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 Pogs are a faint memory. They came and went pretty quickly. I mean, I feel like it, it probably died so quick because it, it was... Because it sucked. Because, uh, yeah, I was just going to say the game wasn't terribly exciting. Well, and the It same... was more the collecting aspect of it, I, th- I thought. Well, ex- A lot it... of people collected stamps. Well, it's like baseball cards points. or Pokemon cards. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the same idea, but I think... Now, let me ask you this. Did you know a lot of people who played Pokemon? Like, the yes. game? Oh, yes. Okay. Pretty much everyone I knew. At one okay. Because I knew, I would say the people I knew it was maybe a 50-50 split. Are we talking about the card game? Yes, the card game. Okay, no, the, yes. I, I thought I you were talking more about the actual game. No, 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 the, the card, card game. game. I, I, knew, I knew a few, I knew like a handful of people who played the card game, but... A lot of the times they played it on their Game Boy. Yeah, because I feel like, like the, the cards game. are like Pogs where it's like you didn't necessarily buy them to play them. You just bought yeah. them to have them. To have them. You had a binder full of It wasn't about the game. Pogs, you had, yeah, you had a collection of Pogs. Right, I, I agree. I think it was just the fad of collecting things. I think it's, and that was big in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, it was I mean, big in the 90s. We saw toys like Tickle Me Elmo and Furby that, and Beanie Babies. God, remember yep, Beanie Babies? Yeah, them all Beanie Babies, right? I mean, I, I knew people who waited in line for hours outside of a store. They would call up. We had a local, a small store in our town, the only place you could get Beanie Babies. And they would, like, they had, like, spies. And, like, if you were friends with the store owner, they'd let you know when, like, the special ones were coming in. Wow. And they like, special, like, ca- cases on the shelves for the bears that were really rare. Um, it, it was a, it was a whole thing, but you're right. The nineties was really, really a big deal about collecting. Yeah. Yeah. Collecting meant a lot. And I think that speaks a lot about the economy mm. in the nineties wow. because the economy was, was 
we were on a we were on a uh, a huge boom. Mm-hmm. Everything was was going great. It was a consumer uh, culture. Consumer People culture. Wanted more. We wanted more, and enough. we had we had the means to get. More. That's exactly right. And that I think that that's really where all that that collecting why it was so prevalent. Well, you know, in a, another game that I think really reflects the '90s mentality. And, and before I get to that, Matt, I do want to mention what in what month is your birthday? February. Oh, perfect! I already found what I'm going to get you. I get you a thousand pogs on eBay for thirty bucks. Sweet. So I'm going to send you a thousand pogs for your birthday. That's How's an that ideal sound? an ideal present. And it, it comes with twenty slammers, um, oh. and it actually comes from Hawaii. So you might get some real That's authentic a, ones. A lot of slammers. That's a lot of pogs. It's a lot. It's a thousand. I mean, it comes in like a big bucket. <laughs> Are they like assorted pogs of like oh, yes. different shapes and sizes? Wow. Yep. That would be exciting. So you can do whatever pogs. you want with them. You can Start up a new pog collection. Burn them for warmth. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but you know, another, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this too. For me, the 90s was a time of, especially as children, right? This was the decade where we saw the rise of ADD. Yeah. This was the decade we saw the rise of. Uh, medicating your children. And I think no better game exemplified this than the anxiety-inducing Pop Goes Perfection. Ooh, a game okay. that combined the fun of diffusing a live bomb with the uh, stress-inducing um, kind of anxiety of, of an explosion in your face. And I remember playing Perfection as a kid, and my hands were shaking playing that game. It is with the loudest timer you've ever heard, tick, 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 tick. And you're, you're like, your veins are popping in your head and you're like, oh my God, and you're scrambling. And, oh shit, I made a mistake and I'm not going to make it. And then boom, the game erases itself if you don't do it fast enough. Yeah, what is more 90s than that? It's very, I remember the commercials to, still to this day. Put the pieces into the slot, make the, make right, the selection, right selection. But be quick, but be you're, quick erasing you're erasing the, the clock. Pop goes, goes perfection. perfection. God, so yes. 90s. Yeah, so that's that is kind of a. It's not even really a game because it's it's a one player game, right? Right. You don't play it with two. You can play it with two, but I would say it's almost impossible um, to coordinate. So it's a one person game. It's a game you play against yourself. It doesn't have any yep. cards or pieces or or strategy. It just do X as fast as possible. The board never changes. It's literally just how fast can you... It's like uh, cup stacking these days. If you see cup stacking in stores, oh, yeah. have you seen this? It's just a game of how fast... Or a Rubik's Cube. How fast can you move it? Same idea. Now, I have, I have, another, um, I have another piece of 90s nostalgia that I think advances the same concept. Yeah. The Bop It. Oh, Bop It. Remember the Bop It? Oh, Bop It. You had to Bop It. Twist it. You had it. to pull it, and you had to twist it. Yes. And, and you had to do it pretty fast, in fast succession, and it would only get faster and faster. Yep. You had to repeat the order that you were – you had to basically repeat the command as quickly as you could. Yep. Or you would lose. It was, and then you, pa- you could play – you could make it a multiplayer game by passing it to a friend. But that was another, another stress-inducing game. Now that I think about it, stress-inducing uh, one-player or two-player multiple-player games were like – all the rage in the late 90s. Well, and even, maybe to a lesser extent, Don't Wake Daddy, a game where you didn't know when it was going to spring up. Totally random. And right? it was totally random. And it was this this idea of be quiet, be silent. It's sneaky. You'll get in trouble if you fail. But yep. you don't know when you'll fail. 
Um, you got no control over God, it. God, it's no wonder 90s kids are so fucked up. Wow. Wow. It is kind of disturbing. Yeah. As long as, uh, you know, as long as um, we had games like Pogs, of course. <laughs> Pogs took that, the edge off. That, Pogs took the edge off. Pogs, <laughs> that was a game you could sit down and just chill, chill out. Like, yeah, like, that's right. Like, they you did not out. have to stress while you were playing Pogs. How stressful? There was no timer. I'll even put up Hungry Hungry Hippos. That was a, a, a stressful game. Yeah, well, you had to... Hungry Hungry Hippos, to me... And I know you said it was invented in the 70s. But it came to into me, its own in the 90s. It really it really was. I, and I think it was really super popular in the 90s. Because it, like we said before, that entire culture of collectivism or of collecting. collecting you have to have things, the most. You want the most. objects. And take them away the from most. other people. I want to have them. the most. And I, have to, I want to get them as quickly as I possibly yes. can. That was the 90s. And that was why Hungry Hungry Hippos, a game like that, was so, was so big. Yep. Greed is good. Yeah, it is. It Wall really Street. is. Every, everything in the Ooh. 90s had to be more. It, it really was the decade more, of, of more. The decade of, of, of let me have more. Yeah. Let me let me get more. Let me take more. I mean, this this was the decade that took Battleship and made it electronic and, and nuclear. I mean, this was the this was the decade that that took the... You remember um, I was reminiscing about my, my favorite 90s board game commercial ever in history and i think you know the answer to this already crossfire do you remember crossfire crossfire no. yeah. yeah you know they had like that that like metal song and the kids were yes. like flying on like flaming boards like into like the death arena most misleading commercial. it was and it was just shooting marbles like it was so that's all weak. it was that it game was marbles. sucked but it had it the best marbles. commercial but it, you're right it had that idea the of commercial was way over the top everything was extreme yeah taken to its extreme yep that was the '90s. It was. It really For was sure. the introduction of the X Games, and and they put yogurt in a tube and made gogurt. I mean, everything yep. was well because you know you had to. You, you couldn't just sit down and enjoy your yogurt. You had to no. be on the move, no. going somewhere. If it were the '80s, something. you would have just sat and listened to Ronald Reagan and enjoyed your yogurt. <laughs> enjoyed but your instead, yogurt. you know, your mm-hmm. your yogurt's on the go. Everything was on the go. You had to get get that money or you had to get those pogs you had to get those money that money in order to buy you those had to pogs. collect them all you know yeah. it, it's there was no time to waste it wasn't collect some of them no it was collect you got them to all get them all collect them all oh my gosh catch them all i'm anxious just thinking about it yeah it's a lot of pressure to put on a kid it was <laughs> <laughs> no um um but it's true and that's not to say these games weren't fun, because they were, but it is an interesting note of the swing games took in the 90s, where everything was about speed and up against a timer, or or something that would break. I remember, what was the, um, oh, there was a game, and it was, it was Arctic-themed, and you would put ice cubes on, oh, on, like a, yes. on tissue, and you would have to complete it yep. before they broke through. What was that? It was kind of, it reminded me of... Well, that's another one, Jenga. Jenga. I mean, come on, that was. I don't know how old that game is, but well, it was pretty big out. in the nineties. Um, the one you're thinking of, I think it was just called Icebreakers oh, or yeah, Icebreak. That, that would make something sense. Something like that. Don't break the ice or something. Don't break, or break the ice. I think that was it. Maybe that was it. Kerplunk. Kerplunk. Another extremely stressful yep. game. Yep. That was where you uh, you had a series of these 
thin, almost straws, mm -hmm. holding up a set of marbles in a plastic cylinder. And, and one by one, you took turns taking the plastic straws out. And every time you would remove them, some marbles would fall. And whoever basically caused the last marble to drop lost. It, it, or the, the most of them or something. It was a game that taught us that a, a euphoric positive feeling is relief of tension. And I think a lot of these games have that, and I think we've we've come to expect that as a society where it's like a horror movie where you get a thrill out of releasing tension. Yeah. Maybe, uh, we're playing psychologist a little too much here, maybe. I don't yeah. know. They were reading a little too into it. Maybe they were just, Milton Bradley wanted to sell more board games. I don't know. Um, Jenga, by the way, um, really first introduced as as early as 85 so you could call it a 90s game really i think that yeah. would be fair it's closer than yeah. any of some of the other ones we've talked about i think it definitely came into its own in the 90s for sure oh absolutely absolutely which is which it's is interesting it's surprising though. for a 90s game by the way in its simplicity yeah for me the 90s was a game of everything had to be more complicated think mousetrap um but instead you know jenga is just a bunch of wooden blocks hmm it's interesting to to see this this trend. I never really noticed it. And uh, the trend we made up. Yeah, we could write a paper on it and be oh academic, God. famous. We so could. There, but someone probably did, like a study of board games over the over the seventies, eighties, and nineties. And yeah, I'm sure it's around somewhere. Seeing how the, I mean, you know, Monopoly, a game about finances, was invented during the Great Depression. I mean, you know, these right. these games reflect the time you're in. Um. But the sad part is, what games are being invented today? I don't even know. When was the last time you bought a game? I see a lot of international games today. Interesting. And as a matter of fact, I have it right here. Uh, I recently purchased this game at Barnes & Noble. It's called Machi Koro. Uh-huh. you see that? Yeah. Machi Koro is a game from Japan. Uh, I have another game from Japan, actually, too. Another board game I haven't started playing yet that I got for as a Christmas gift. Um, it's uh, yeah, a lot of if you go into, if you go into a Barnes and Noble or a Toys R Us, there are a lot of games from uh, outside the country. And I think what really broke that mold was Settlers of Catan. Yes, which was I think made and made popular in the in the 80s and that's a german board game mm -hmm. um settlers of Catan, and i and also the the same company who made that also made um ticket to ride oh ticket to ride i love ticket to ride another game see i hate ticket to ride oh i love but, but i only I, played the digital I version i've settlers never played in person yeah i gotta try that i tried i tried the live version like once wasn't for you. I, it was not for me. But I, I, I understand the appeal. I understand why a lot of people like it. It's very methodical. I just don't really. I never really was able to grasp a strategy for it. Catan, uh, I love. Yeah, but this, uh, that's the modern. I feel like that's the really the modern. The modern thing. If anybody even plays board games anymore, I'm not yeah. even sure. Most people don't. It's it's a very much a dying passion. But well, I think people. People play the concept of a board game. I just think you're right. There's no longer physically a board. Yeah. I think if I, anything, they'll they'll play it over the internet. Right. Right. Or on their phones, or on their app, uh, their their uh, iPads, or any uh, any sort of tablet. 
to any of their devices. But the, in the live, there's something to be said, I think, for the live versions of stuff. Agreed. I I would say for me the the new game trend is party games. Party games. I think in a way that hasn't been seen before, and I think it was really kicked off by. I'm gonna even go back and say apples to apples. I think was one of the the real pioneers in, in kind of a social conversational game. And I think Cards Against Humanity coming in behind that. And then we've seen the rise of a lot of games like uh, Heads Up and um, Exploding Kittens and some of these Kickstarters, I think, been huge for this. Um, Taboo. Superheroes. Um, yeah, you name it. I mean, the, the, yeah. go, to, go to Amazon and look up their top games list. And I guarantee a large chunk will be what are considered party games. Most of them don't have a board. Most of them don't have player pieces. They're games that are conversational. They're games that require usually teams. Um, games that are designed to be played at large gatherings. And I think that's something, as I think back, like I said, I, a Taboo or maybe Scategories or um, Balderdash or a few of these games. But I don't really think there were there were many. I feel like that's a phenomenon that's really taken off over the last couple of years. Yeah. And what's interesting about those games you mentioned is not only are they designed to be played at, at large gatherings, but they're also designed with the the concept in mind uh, that the player or all the players have to be pretty pretty creative. Yes. They have to be very well versed in basically they're rewarded for their creativity. All of those games that you mentioned, They're, the player is rewarded for their creativity, especially um, Cards Against Humanity is yeah. what comes to mind. Well, Cranium, like I think, is, 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 a, is a good peak of that description. Yeah, it Cranium's is a game about creativity. You have to be the, if you're, the most creative person wins. And, and, and not only there, there's, a, there's no rubric for that creativity, it's all, it's all determined by the other players, mm -hmm. which is good and bad. Um, but ultimately it's 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 much more up to you like it's it really gives the control to the player more yep. than any other game ever has yep. i think and these these party games it's all up to who wins and who loses is all entirely up to the people playing which 100%. is what's really cool about, well they're loose they're little game. rules right very yeah. few rules usually on very a single sheet there's no there's no path from a to b right there's no like when you play monopoly you know what it's going to take for you to win, but in these games, you can end after five minutes, you can end after three hours, right? right. You have complete control over these games. They really give you more of a, of a platform than a, than a set game, especially with things like House Rules, which are very popular in a lot of these creative-type party games. Um, so I, I think that's, that's new, and I think board games, tra you know, traditional style board games, I think have lost a lot of flair in the in the idea that you know I'll get cultural with it. But I just think today people don't have whether you want to call it attention span or um, time in general or or whatever. I just don't think people are any more interested in I have to commit the next four hours to playing this game. And I know how it's going to play out, and we've got to just keep going around and doing the same things over and over until someone wins. And I'm following this big rule book, and and I just I think I think you're right. I think you know we talk about the '90s as the decade of more. I really think this decade, or even 2000 through 2010, and then leading into now, is really the decade of choice. Right? We have more choices now than we've ever had as a society, um, right. which is terrifying <laughs> as someone who, who can't make a decision, but. 
I think our games really reflect that now and that these games give you more more choice and more options and more flexibility than any other game any other game think like risk a game like risk nobody plays risk anymore because risk isn't fun yeah risk i is, love risk well i what know are you talking about no and listen the fundamentals of risk <laughs> are great but it's long it's tedious it's it's it takes a while to set up oh it takes forever i don't know why that's another thing about all the those game stupid little soldier no pieces oh there's very very little pieces or equipment in the na- in the games you mentioned absolutely uh, it's cards just, they're mostly cards. cards right mostly just cards and you don't even have to take that many out every team basically gets one or two at a time mm-hmm. um yeah and th- there's definitely i think i think minimalism is the key when it when it comes to games today mm-hmm. and that's a trend that's very recent i would say uh starting with like you said apples to apples really kind of broke the mold yeah uh there's not all those pieces from risk there's not a uh money to dole out yep. for monopoly there's not um you know well we we talked about this when we talked about life on the last episode where the rules yeah, have gotten easier and simpler yeah. to reflect the times the concept has been the concepts are all very very and i don't want to say dumbed down because they're not dumbed down they're just streamlined just, Streamlined, yeah. Streamlined is a better word. Yeah, they're definitely streamlined to to just get to get to the point faster. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really speaking to this generation is that get to the point faster yep. is the is the key. Spend less time getting to the point so we can get to the next point and we yep. can get to the next point. Yep. Um, so it it's very different from the culture of let's collect as much as possible. More so, let's. It's, it's almost like let's collect as much information as possible, mm-hmm. and do it as quickly as we can. Hey, and in, in an age where Google is your ultimate resource, that that you know, that's not surprising. Right. Right. Matt, so, uh, I brought up party games for a reason. Okay. I need you to talk for the next like thirty seconds while I grab something. Can you handle that? I will talk. Can I leave I, you alone I with the audience? Will you treat them I will responsibly? Do, I will do that thirty second filibuster for you. All right, ready? Okay, ready, set, go. Go. Party games are awesome. I like the party games. Um if you have a party game that you like, please comment on our web zone. Tell us what party games you like to play. Uh, whether it's apples to apples, whether it is uh, uh, Cards Against Humanity, let us know on that website. Tweet us your favorite party what, what's, game. What's our new Twitter handle, handle Matt? It's going to be uh, hashtag no. up for debate. At hashtag up for debate TV. At up for debate TV hashtag fun. Hashtag fun. Hashtag. Hashtag. Make sure you throw in that hashtag for party games. Hashtag. hashtag party games. Well, Matt, you know why I brought up party games? A, because I do think that's a true point. But also, B, Matt, we have a giveaway for the audience to launch our new name. Yes, we do. And I couldn't think of a better way to do it than to talk about it, Matt. This show is up for debate. Why is it called that? Because we are always up for debate. We are always up for debate. About any topic. I couldn't think of a better giveaway to reflect that sentiment than the hottest new party game on the internet. 
go ahead. Go to Amazon right now and look up card games. Cards Against Humanity is number one. You know what game is number two? With a perfect five-star rating? Let us know. The Contender. We know the, the answer. Contender. The Contender. The hot new card game. I got this off of Kickstarter. Um, the game of presidential debate. So, uh, Matt, have you played this before? I have not played it before. I'm very, Brand new. very much looking forward to it, though. It's a I lot like of fun. Um, and I'll just quickly show you so you know what you're going to win because you can win this. Um, it's it's basically Cards Against Humanity play style where you have category cards. This one is a income inequality, right? They're all debate topics, okay? And there's, you know, women and there's, uh, you know, uh, climate change. And then you have um, cards that are actual, like, quotes and ideas from real debates. So this is uh, Mitt Romney, Everybody's Different. You can play um, at what cost. Things you might say in an actual debate. Um, blanks will say income inequality used to be better. Um, and th there's there's literally like 100 cards in here. You can love income inequality without being married to income inequality. So, so there's a bunch of them. And you play them cards against humanity style where in like a party setting you actually get a debate going. And unlike okay. cards against humanity where you play one person at a time, everyone jumps into play. So you'll play one, and someone will counteract you. It's a fun and funny game. Matt, our audience is going to get to win a copy. That's pretty cool. And it's shrink wrap. This is this is this is my copy. I got too. So you're, don't worry. I didn't play yours. But Matt, do you want to know how people can win? I would like to know how. I would like to know how I can win. Well, you I'd can't like win because you're on the show. I'm sorry. You can go on Amazon and like, buy one. I would like to know how. Damn, I can't switch my letters. My my names. <laughs> Matt Mariano they, is really they start Matt with the Mariano. same letter. Damn, should have uh, thought of that I'd, first. I'd like to know how Mike Mariotti can <laughs> win a copy of this game. Well, this sounds legitimate. Mike Mariotti can do one of two things. One, they can go to upfordebate.tv. There is a link to submit your name. Um, just a little form. You put in your name and your email, um, and that's all you have to do to enter. Or you can go on Twitter, look up our Twitter feed, at upfordebate.tv. The top tweet will most likely be the one you're looking for. All you have to do is retweet it, and you'll be entered to win as well. You can do one entry both ways, so up to two entries, um, and we will randomly pick a winner um, after uh, the contest being up for a week. The date will be on the website and on Twitter as for when it closes, um, and you can look there. And that's all you got to do. You know, no purchase necessary, as they say. Many will enter. Few will win. One will win. We're only giving away one, so you got to do it. And, of course, uh, you know, subscribe to the show, too. That doesn't help you win, but you should do it anyway. Sound good, Matt? Sounds great. I'm excited. I think this is a... I, we, like I said, we usually give away shit with our logo on it. And I, this is an actual thing you can use. And, like, have fun. You'll be the envy of all your friends. Yeah. I, I played this at a New Year's party, and it was a blast. So I, I will recommend it personally. Cool. Okay. I mean, it sounds really cool. Sounds yeah. like a good game. Yeah, well, it's new, and it's free. So if you don't like it, you don't have to play it again. But... You know, yeah. you're getting it for free and for being a fan of the show because we love our fans and, and we, we love know our fans. We have a new name and we're glad you're coming along with us for the change as well. Stand with us. Um, let's see, Matt. We've got some time left in the episode. If there's any any other games or anything 90s we didn't get to, we got through basically my whole list. Um, you know what we didn't touch on what yet? Did we get to Gigapets. We didn't Gigapets, talk about Gigapets. Yes. The Gigapet and Tamagotchi. Was Wait, that the same one? thing? Basically. It was different, wasn't it? Well, one was square and one was round, but the concept. 
But I think that I think Gigapets was definitely it was a pet. So it was, it was definitely yeah, it was a like dog an or a cat. Yeah. Was the Tamagotchi also an animal? No, it was like a little blob. It's a little guy. Yeah, I thought it was like a little amorphous figure. Yeah, like I didn't know what a Tamagotchi. I had a Gigapet. Mine was a frog. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't think it was like an official Gigapet. I think it was like a knockoff, knock-off. kind of. I was not a good Gigapet owner. <laughs> Oh boy! My frog died pretty quickly. Oh boy! Um, also, I didn't really get it. I didn't really think it was very fun because all you really did was you just had to make sure you fed your gigapet like regularly, and then it eventually grew up into the mature form of whatever it was. So, like your frog, actually, the frog started as an egg, and after a certain amount of time, it would hatch into a tadpole. Mm-hmm tadpole would transition into like a middle phase and then it would eventually i guess become a frog mine never made it that far um there was other ones i think i knew my friend had a bird like a bird gigapet well apparently there was a a a cat there was a t-rex you could get oh yeah according to uh wikipedia and uh yeah you just had to basically make sure you fed it like there was nothing really else you could do with it Think you just had to feed it. Well, Eventually, no, you, it grew. You could bathe it and exercise it and discipline it. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, mine. You couldn't do that. All you could do is feed mine because it was a knockoff gigapet. But now, now I'm, I'm looking at the page for the official gigapet. But do you know what the the programmed average life of a gigapet was? The average life of a gigapet. Yes, like the I didn't know they had one. an average life. Like how long did they? Because yours died. Mine died yes. pretty quickly. But yes. but they actually had what was programmed to be if you just did like the kind of minimum amount how long it could live on average. Uh no, what was that? 2 weeks. 2 weeks. They say 2 weeks was the average, but they say very okay. healthy pets can live longer. Okay. Now of course Gigapets were released to compete with Tamagotchis. Um they were released um for about $10 a piece. Um and uh and they were released around 96.97. So that's another thing is you could collect all of the Tamagotchis or yeah. all 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 of the Gigapets. If all you the want. yeah, because Tamagotchis were basically it's all kind the of same. the start of it. Yeah. Um. But that was the start of uh collecting it all. I'm gonna be honest though, I think I like Tamagotchi better. Yeah. And the main reason for that was because it was simpler. If I if I remember correctly, because you basically just fed it. And that was it. There really wasn't a lot. There I, for me, Gigapets was more involved. And as a young boy who wasn't very responsible, it was <laughs> not something I was handling well. Gotcha. Well, um, that was actually a fade that kind of came and went pretty quick. I don't think that one stuck around for a very long time. No, I don't. Uh... I don't think so as well. First sold in 1996 in Japan. By 2010, over 76 million of them had been sold worldwide. Yeah. Do you know where the name Tamagotchi comes from, by the way? Um, I'm going to make a guess. Uh, You probably can because it's Japanese. It's Japanese and the word Tomodachi means friend. No. And so I I always assume like it was like that it was they just like made it digital like Tomogachi. No, that's a good guess, though. But apparently Tomogo means egg. Oh, and um, it's a and Tamagotchi is a combination of 
Tamago, and then watch. So it's your egg watch. Egg watch. Oh, like you're, so you're watching the egg. Yeah. Okay. And that makes sense why they're like blobs. Tamago. Tamago and watch. So. Okay. Little fun fact. Now, I didn't know, man, did you know that they brought the Tamagotchi back a couple no. years ago? I did not know that. They had a new one. They could communicate with each other wirelessly. Ah. And you so... could marry your Tamagotchis to each other and have okay. a family and offspring. That That's a little bit, uh, verging on the, that's a, verging on the, the God aspect. Like, the, you're kind of like ruling this things, this creature's life. And this was the same problem I had with The Sims. Did you yeah, ever play the, like Sims? the Sims? The first oh, yeah, Sims, the Sims was like it's kind of scary. Feed like them have... and have a bathroom <laughs> yep. and send them to work each day, and like that was it. It was easy. And then I get like The Sims Three or The Sims Four, whatever. And it's like they have more goals and dreams than I do. Like <laughs> you know, they're they're like, right. oh, he needs to read a book because his his goal, you know, right now he works plumbing, but he really wants to be an artist, so you should send him to yeah. art school. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like they have like yeah, they calm have down. desperate desires and passions. They had like they, so many metrics. They, <laughs> my favorite sim story that I have, um, I had these two guys living in a house and they they kept complaining about the atmosphere. Mm. Everything else that I provided for them was great. They, they, their, their food level was high. Their health was perfect. Their aspirations were met. All of this great stuff. Their atmosphere or environment, I think it was environment, was like all the way at the bottom. Because I, I spent money on all the practical things that they needed. Not, not paintings or beautiful uh, crafted furniture. They lived in a, an extremely modest house, yeah. and, but everything was everything necessary. All the necessities were met. So I was just I had just had it with their complaining and constant whining for lack of atmosphere that I deleted everything in their house except for the paintings. I just used all the money. I deleted the bathroom. I deleted the kitchen, yep. and I used all the money to buy paintings to line the walls with. So their atmosphere went all the way up. <laughs> everything else went all the way down. <laughs> And they starved to death. That's awesome. <laughs> that was that was what was great about The Sims when it was simple was you could just do the dumbest shit. And it was it was I was a big Sims player, the original, the first. No expansions, not just the original. The original. And uh, what what I, I would that. do, see this was my second twisted nature, is that you, you would put them in to the house and you'd fill all the walls with fireplaces. And then the floor with those ugly little green plants, like every square yeah. inch of floor. And within wow. like two minutes, they would be the whole house would be on fire. That was the wow. trick. Um, and you would <laughs> burn the house up. And then the then the Never sim would turn into one. a ghost. Yes. You ever kill anybody? They'd be a ghost, and no, you could like I, control them to some degree, and they'd I float don't around your that. house. I remember in a future Sims one, if they if a sim died, they had to. They started. They they the Grim Reaper would show up, and then they played rock paper scissors with the Grim Reaper. Yep. My and I, I my Sims never lost. They always won and got to like get reincarnated. Basically, I guess if they lost, they were dead. And you had to start over. I guess. And you had to. I guess you had to make a new Sim. But I always use the cheat codes in that game. Yeah. Rosebud. A, Rosebud. I was just thinking Rosebud that. Rosebud was the that was the money one, right? Yeah. Every and you time just you typed in Rosebud, you got money. Dollars. Yeah. And just. Build the craziest shit. I thought the easiest way was just to put them in the pool and then delete the stairs. Oh, that's a good way. But that's why I didn't roller coaster tycoon is you would drop them in the in the pool. In the See, water. now we're getting into a different kind of nineties game. Yeah, these are all nineties computer stuff. Computer games. Wow. Yeah. Maybe that could be a uh, a future episode. 
I think it could be. I know it's on our list, and I know we've got some some friends who are pretty into board, uh, video games who could probably uh, join us. The problem is, like most fun things in the 90s, I didn't play that many computer games, to be honest. I did a few of the big ones. Um, my, my big one was Need for Speed for PC, and I had the USB steering wheel and pedals, which I got for Christmas one year. Wow. And you would strap them to the desk, and you would literally would control That's, the game. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so much fun. <laughs> but I would be so aggressive, I would like nearly rip it off the desk because you're like, and you're, you know, you're being chased by the police. That was. You were an angry gamer in the '90s, Sean. That's probably you were why. Very I, angry. Probably very why angry. I didn't play angry shooter film. games. I never played shooter games like thank, ever. Thank, thank God you didn't play these those shooter games. You would uh. Because it wouldn't have been good. No, I'm very I angry. The puzzle games and the simulation games. That was about it. Yeah. Those were some fun times. They were, Matt, but sadly, the dream of the 90s is dead. Is it, is it though? Is it really? Not in your heart. Not in your heart. Not I your mean, heart. you said yourself, you Tamagotchi made a comeback. It did. Listen, what's old is Furby, I think, made a comeback a couple years what's ago. old is new again. What's, it's all, when's we, the Baja Men's seeing, new album? Yeah, we might be seeing Beanie Babies on the shelves again. That's soon. a good idea, actually. Someone should bring those back. Except most likely they'll probably be on your iPad, and you virtual download and delete them. That and, sounds stupid. And buy them in the App Store, and then you, you can, of course, you can buy a gazillion uh, little beanie things bucks. that they can they can do. Yeah, beanie bucks and 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 all the, of course, all the accessories, Ugh, and hats and beanie baby habitats, <sighs> beanie baby environment. You know, I want to laugh and say that's stupid, but there's some marketing person somewhere right now pitching exactly that to the Beanie Baby people. Yeah, totally. So totally sad. is. Well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Who knows what tomorrow will bring, right? That's right. That's right. In but we know. Stuff. We know. We know. Because we know. we've got some things coming up exciting on this and other shows, Matt. First of all, um, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. We've done it on this show uh, ten times, to be exact, but we're not doing it anymore. Not anymore. We're done. Not on this show. Exactly. Not on this show. On a new show. On a new show. On a new show. Our newest show. Bum, ba, na, na. Brand spanking new. Um, Game Nights is our Game new Nights. program. Matt, myself, Colby, and Dan. For the moment, D&D, who knows what comes next after that. We're going to be playing games and having fun while doing it. We'd like you to listen and watch along. How can you do that? Well, it's a separate feed, so you'll no longer see D&D on this, the Goldilocks Zone slash Up for Debate feed. They will no longer appear after Chapter 10. Okay? No more. They will not exist here. You have to go to a new feed and subscribe, which you should, at GameNights.tv. That is the website. If you go there, it has, just like the Up for Debate page, all the links to everything, the social sites, the subscribe sites, all of the episodes... They will be posted there. Um, we're on iTunes and Stitcher and and all of the big podcasting apps. It's very easy to describe. GameNights.tv and GameNightsTV on Twitter as well. Yeah. And uh, definitely look forward to our next episode. Uh, yeah. It's going to be great. You want to tease what, if, what, what we're going to talk uh, about? Yeah, what are we up to, um, what are we up to in D&D? Uh, like the last episode that came out. The last episode that came out, we ended with us in the... Um, kind of uh, uh, tunnels under the mansion. I right. was attacked with a mental attack by a one-eyed yes. monster. Um, I barely survived. And if I remember correctly, we were about to open a treasure chest. I think we did open it. Did we open it? Okay. Yes, we did. We and it opened had stuff it. in it. It had really cool stuff in it. There you go. And if you want to find out what that cool stuff is, you're going to have to listen in. 
Don't want to give too much away. So, really, um, really cool And we're going to continue to uh, examine uh, what is down there because I'm sure there's even more fantastic adventures. Uh, oh yes, there's plenty. There's plenty more quests. Oh, we 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 have we haven't even we we've barely scratched the surface. Yeah, we're not even halfway through. So. It's, there's a lot more to, to, to explore. There's a lot more cool new uh, characters to meet. Yep, side quests. We got a ton of them. Had. We've got a list of side quests to, to keep you guys entertained on your, great. on your way to work. And, be, uh... and I will tell people, you know, if you haven't been listening, don't feel bad jumping in in the middle. I swear, the story is not that complex. No. Um, we'll, we'll get you up to speed pretty quickly, so jump in at any time um, um, and get involved. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be fun. It's gonna be. We have a lot a lot of cool stuff ahead. I think so. That. Now, uh, Matt, what are we gonna do next on this show? The next thing we're gonna do on this show. Yeah, I'll put you on Sean, the spot. I've got no problem with that. I think the next. All right, what, ready? How I handle this? The next thing on our show is going to be a. Uh, we're gonna do a playoff style bracket. Okay. I love it. We've done we've done that. It went well. We've done it in the again. past. Yes. We're gonna do it again. What it's going to be about? Yes. Let's uh, let's just put a little hint out there. Uh, grab your pencils. Grab your books. I don't even it's know what the hell he's talking about. So. Grab your popcorn. Get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. I have no idea what you're talking about, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. We're going to surprise the people with a fun bracket episode. And I will, I swear, because I enjoy doing it, and I think you do too. We are going to do an Iowa preview for the 2016 election. I don't know when, but in an upcoming episode. we got to do it. We're going to do an Iowa preview. Um, and then we'll probably do another election episode after Iowa and New Hampshire, but before South Carolina. We'll try and squeeze one in as well. Yeah, because I like talking about that. That's interesting too. We got to stay. Yeah, we got to stay up and up, up and current. We can't just keep talking about the nineties. No, got to be. Uh, no, we're we're onwards today. Twenty sixteen in the future. That is I'm it. I'm pretty sure that uh, you know Bob Dole is going to win it all this year. It's all. It's going to Dukakis. It's all going to Dukakis. Dukakis. It's the 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 man for the people. But you know, we all know in the end, Ross Perot is just going to take it. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say, in the end, we all know Dewey defeats Truman. Nader defeats Buchanan. McGovern. Ross Perot defeats Clinton. (laughs) McGovern 2016. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're getting (laughs) political here. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us as, uh, as we've listed all the, I'm not going to go through it all again. You know, everything, um, you know, the story story. we've been there, done that. We appreciate you you being here. Um, on behalf of Matt, I'm Sean, of course, always up for debate. Join us next time. We'll have more stuff to talk about. But until then, I think we're going to wish you a fair good night. Thanks for joining us.